The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Proverbs 15 has a lot to say about the words you say and when you say them. Uh, Do you talk before your mind gets in gear? Uh, Be careful about that. I think all of us have done that from time to time. But Proverbs 15 has a lot to say concerning the words we use. This is Bert Harper along with Dr. Alex McFarland, and it's our treat to be with you on Exploring the Word. And uh, it was a joy always to go through the book of Proverbs, but we'd love to have a report from our traveling evangelist, Dr. Alex McFarland. Let me see. I know you've been in Texas. I know you've been in Hutchinson, Kansas. The question is, where are you today, Alex? Well, thanks for asking, Bert, and good afternoon. I am at Karis Bible College in Woodland Park, Colorado. Beautiful, beautiful part of the world with snow on the ground right now. But, uh, hey, i got to say a big shout-out, and I know many of them are listening. My dear brothers and sisters in Kansas, Wichita, Hutchinson, Kansas, and we were at uh, a number of churches, uh, Paul Nicely at Maranatha Church and all the people at Medora Bible Church, my dear friend Dennis Hirschberger, who put together an incredible weekend, and uh, we got to teach the Word of God, got to see the Lord move in a lot of people's lives, pray with people that wanted to come to the Lord, come back to the Lord, and uh, Kansas, thank you. i got to say this, too. I texted Tim Wildman a picture yesterday. So many people came up, Bert, and they said, we listen to AFA, we love the ministry, we support AFA, and uh, what's Bert like? Is is Bert as nice as he seems on radio? <laughs> and I said, absolutely. Bert and Jan are just wonderful. But, you know, I, I really felt loved in Kansas. And, and dear folks out there, we send our love back to you. We thank God for each and every one of you. We do. And thank you, Kansas. And something you said, and you and I talked a little a bit about it today earlier. And I, I, I thought I, that needs to be amplified a little bit. You're talking about people come to the Lord. And you also said something about people coming back to the Lord. I yes. really, you and I both agreed. We believe exploring the word really has a ministry. And some of the people who are saved, they were in church, but they just got hurt deeply. And they felt like they pulled away. And we're not advertising pulling away. We think you ought to stay in there. But sometimes people get hurt so bad they pull away. And AFR, and especially Explored the Word, becomes a, I would say, a catalyst in getting them back into the Word and encouraging them to get back in church and serving and ministering. And Alex, that's happened quite a bit, hasn't it, with uh, Exploring the Word and us talking with people? You know, it really has, and <clears throat> I give God the glory. I completely give God the glory. Uh, the Bird and I feel so privileged to have a little bit of entree into your life, and it really does mean a lot. Uh, you know, a week ago, Bert, when I was down there at um, First Baptist, and we had the service in the, the courtroom there, and so many people came up, and they said, you know, uh, we listen, and it encourages us, and very often— just the issue we were kind of struggling with, it seems like that's what you and Bert addressed. 
And, you know, whenever I pray with somebody that, you know, maybe they'll say, hey, I used to be in church, but we went through a really tough time, and, you know, it's been several years we just have been kind of hurt and didn't feel the strength to get back in church. You know, I understand that. Bert, um, when you deal with people, there's always, sometimes it gets messy. It really does. But I want to say to everybody, you know, sometimes people listen to Exploring the Word, and they're kind of, in terms of walking with the Lord or getting back to serving the Lord, they, they're sort of testing the waters. Let me just say this, folks. When you become a believer, you invite Christ into your heart. You're not inviting a Christian into your heart, but the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, sometimes Christians, even the people of God, can let you down. Uh, but Christ never will. And uh, let me just encourage you, stay enthused about the things of God in spite of the struggles. Because you know what, Bert, I gotta, I have to be honest. Uh, sometimes people can blow it. <laughs> but that includes me. I'm yes. a person. Sometimes I hurt somebody's feelings, and, and I have to apologize. And so listen, people are not a burden. Um People honestly are a blessing. So stay in the journey, everybody. Uh, Don't give up on the church. Don't give up on the family of God, because you have a place in it. And I believe God will give you strength for the journey, and God will bless you as you trust him through all of life's circumstances. Father, I pray that those people who are listening today who are hurt deeply because of difficulties, circumstances, disappointments, uh, people that have come to the place of of disappointing them, I pray, Father, that we would look unto Jesus. He is the author. He is the finish of our faith. And, Father, I pray for those that are struggling and those that are out of church. I pray that they would examine themselves and say, you know, uh, I, I need to be with my brothers and sisters. And uh, the writer of 1 John made it well that we, sh- if if we're really born again, we'll love the brethren. And that doesn't mean the brethren is always lovable. Sometimes it's like loving a porcupine, Father. But yet, God, you give us that, and I pray for them, and I pray for strength. Thank you for the word of encouragement Alex gave today and uh, the word of encouragement he gave to those that are in Hutchison and others. And, Father, bless this program this week. May you use this as an instrument of your love through the power of the Holy Spirit to draw people to you, and as Alex said earlier, back to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bert, when I was a youth pastor and I would teach my teenagers memory verses, guess what was one verse (laughs) I always taught my youth? Chapter 15, verse 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. We, in our youth groups, Angie and I would always try to teach Proverbs 15.1. I do love that verse. I do as well. Now, real quickly, get it connected with verse 23. Uh, what what Solomon does, uh, sometimes it, he'll repeat it or say something similar to it in a proverb, a chapter or two later. But listen to this in verse 22, uh, or verse 23. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth. And a word spoken in due season or fitly timed, how good it is. Now, mm. Alex, having that right answer, soft answer, at the right time can make all the difference in the world, can it? 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's a blessing. Of course, we give God the glory because anything, you know, anytime we we hit the mark and do things right, I mean, it's the Holy Spirit in us. But doesn't it mean a lot when somebody comes up and they'll say, you know, something you said was exactly what I needed to hear? Or uh, sometimes, you know, I feel led, you know, privately to talk to somebody and try to give them a word of encouragement. But but the, the wording there of verse 23 is so good. A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good is it? Uh, there's See, words do have power. Words can build up, words can tear down. Bert, I think we need to be very circumspect, very uh, careful, and uh, prayerful about how we use words. The Bible makes it plain. I don't know everything this scripture means, but every word will be brought into judgment. Now, again, I, I don't know the complete aspect of it. You catch what I'm saying, the, yeah, how, how yeah. broad that is? But I know it makes it plain. Our words are so important. What we say, and let me add this to it. It's not only the word, and, and this is where I have to work at it. I'm loud. I'm boisterous. I, I know I am. And uh, that loudness sometimes puts a tone on it that makes it sound angry, and I don't mean it that way. But I've had to work on the tone of my vocabulary, my words. And I, I'm, I have difficulty. I didn't major in English in college. I barely got out of it. And, and uh, God called me to preach. But I've learned how I say something sometimes is as important as what I say, Alex. Well, and I, I think you do wonderfully. I really do. Uh, but, you know, all of us, and isn't it exciting, folks, that um, the Lord can work on us throughout all of our life? You know, um, I, I'm not everything I ought to be yet, but I'm not what I was 10 years ago, you know? And isn't it exciting when we present ourselves to Jesus and we say, Lord, in, in my heart, in my mind, the book of James talks a lot about our speech. You know, in my vocabulary, Lord, thy will be done. Let me read verse 2, and you're listening to Exploring the Word, folks, if you're just tuning in. Bert and I are in Proverbs 15. We invite you to turn there. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools pours out foolishness. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Now, verse 4, beautiful. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. But perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. Words build up, words tear down. And uh, I, I like the way I've got my old King Jimmy with me, King James. <laughs> Verse 2, the tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright. Um, you know, sometimes you can say the truth, but you can say it in a hurtful way. Bert, isn't it, um, isn't it a our calling to use knowledge aright. It is. The verses. Yeah, Alex, and, and again, that's I, I really want to press that in my mind and, and those that are listening. Uh, say say that which is right. Say that which is needful. And uh, so the whole idea, and verse 3, I, I know you read it, but I just got to say one word. The eyes of the Lord are in every place. Doing right. what? Keeping watch on the evil and the good. Nothing mm. is hidden from him. He knows where you are. He knows the difficulty you're in. We're talking about those who are who've been hurt. God knows the hurt in His eyes. He's watching you. Uh, I could not help but think of Ethel Waters, who was a awesome soloist with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association 
for more years than I could count, but her song that she would sing, His Eye is on the Sparrow, and I Amen. Know He Watches Over Me. That's our God, and he, he wants to bless you. He wants to help you. He wants to strengthen you. That's his desire. What I need to do is move myself in a position where I can be. Now, his blessing, Alex, sometimes we think it means a nice new home, a nice new car, but sometimes God blessing is putting us in a place of influence where difficulty comes so others can watch us go through the difficulty depending on him. I know that's difficult, but that's a blessing in the long run, isn't it? Well, it is. It is. Verse 5 talks about a fool despises his father's instruction. Verse 10 says, correction is grievous unto him who forsakes the way. Last week we were talking about uh, a time or two Proverbs refers to, quote, the way. What is that? The, The pathway of righteousness, truth, life, blessing. And then later on, of course, Jesus would say that he is the way. And, you know, uh, Proverbs says if you're if you're going to be foolish, uh, if you're going to be unwise, dishonest, immoral, uh, unteachable, uh, you're off the path. <laughs> You've forsaken the way. Um, the The Lord loves you, and He has a roadmap, and it's the way of life, and it begins with Jesus. Walk God's road. That's the road you want to be on. You don't want to, Bert, as we say down south. We don't want to get out in the ditch. Amen. Keep it between the ditches. Listen, to add to that before we go to break, verse 24, and this is what happens in chapter uh, 15. There's many verses that connect. Just talking about the way of life. Listen, the way of life winds upward to the wise. God Amen. wants you to be on his way, but that he may turn away from hell below. Follow Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Follow him and trust him. He will do you good. We'll be right back right after this break. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Ronald Place, Director of the Defense Health Agency. His office helps ensure our country has a medically ready military force and a ready medical force in both peacetime and wartime. 3 John 1-2 reminds us of God's gifts of health and healing. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Right now with this in mind, would you pray with me? Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Ronald Place as he works to ensure a healthy military force. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2022 prayer guide and make this the year of prayer. Available now at pausetopray.org. Dr. Tony Evans says God left us in this world to be an influence, but these days it isn't always clear who's influencing who. We'll learn more today as we spend two minutes with Tony. We have a lot of Christians who have no heavenly support because they're too worldly connected. Now, we're supposed to be in the world. Jesus made it clear we're not supposed to leave the world. He left us here to make an imprint on the world, but to make his imprint on the world, not to have the world make its imprint on us. So what we have today are Christians who are compromising, Christians who are dumbing down decency, Christians who no longer use God's definition, Christians 
who in the name of sympathy or compassion change the rules. We should be sympathetic. We are to lead in compassion. But we don't change God's rules in the name of it. You maintain the divine standard and you do it with a loving heart and a compassionate spirit but with clarity. He says, do not be conformed to this world. Don't let this world system shape your world view. And how do you know you're being worldly? Because God's perspective is no longer the dominating one. We hear it all the time. I think, I feel, my opinion is on something God has clearly spoken on. So, absolute surrender starts with God owning all of you. Getting your spiritual life headed in the right direction often starts by going back to square one in your faith. Check out Tony's CD series, Divine Reset, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1.13 American Family Radio God speak. Welcome back. You're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. I'm finding myself in the midst of you, beyond the music, beyond the noise, all that I need. Do you know the name Charles Wilden, W-I-L-D-E-N? Uh, you've seen his picture. Uh, in 1918, one of the most famous images in American art, a photograph was taken of a poor man, and he was uh, saying grace over a, over a sparse table with just a piece of bread on the table. And Bert, that image later came to be known as simply grace. Uh, and Charles Wilden is the man that was in that photograph. And I think about that. In Proverbs 15, in verse 16, it says, Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. You're listening to Exploring the Word. Alex and Bert here, so glad you're with us. And we're in Proverbs 15. Bert, do you know that, that um, at first it was a black and white photograph, then it became a painting of the old man saying grace over a piece of bread. Have you seen that? Uh, yes, I have. Beautiful. It is, yes. Yes. Um, I think about that picture when I read... You know, really, uh, it's better to have what you have and be content therewith, with the fear of the Lord, the presence of God, than to have, you know, untold riches, but not have the Lord. And uh, the Lord is our contentment. And God may bless you with great affluence. Praise the Lord if he does. And maybe you're struggling. But you know what? Proverbs tells us that true wealth, true riches, is to have the Lord his presence, and his favor. It is. And verse 17 follows up with that. Better, better is a dinner of herbs or vegetables with love, where love is, than a fatted calf with hatred. Uh, mm. I, I think, let me, I'm going to dive in here just a moment. I think this says a word for meal time. Uh, I remember hearing Dr. Dobson talking about families having a meal time. And uh, we live in such fast-paced and going lives. A lot of times they don't eat 
at the meal, especially when those children are there. But that meal time is a time to pass on some. Uh, first, you ask the blessing. Let me encourage everybody out there when you're eating, uh, ask the blessing. Thank God for the food. But it's a time not just to eat, and it is that, but it's a time also to encourage, a child, uh, to bless. And so have, have that meal time, the fear of the Lord, and and then you'll know him. So, Alex, it's a great time. And, and I think this goes along with it as well. In verse 13, a merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but, uh, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. You mm-hmm. combined the merry heart with the meal time and fitting a word, a fitly word spoken at the right time. What a combination. And, and I found that in Proverbs 15. It seems like it's compounded with relationships. Uh, you know, the relationship oh, because it talks about a wrathful man. Verse 20 talks about a wise son. And so mm-hmm. these relationships that that Solomon is is demonstrating in these proverbs are great, and it's uh, not just the words themselves, but again the opportunity that he gives us to say them at an appropriate time. Amen, amen. Uh, listen to this in verse nineteen: the way of the slothful man. Sloth means laziness and inactivity. The way of the slothful man is as a hedge of thorns, but the way of the righteous is made plain. Now, if let's imagine you're trying to grow crops or you're clearing land, and you come up against a hedge of, of briars, uh, that's going to stop you, and it's going to take a lot of work to get that out of the way. If you're plowing or walking or trying to build something, if you get in a briar patch, that's going to be a complication. Well, when it uses the way, it means the approach of something or the plan. The way of the slothful man, how productive is that? Not at all. You might as well be coming up on a big old briar patch. But the way of the righteous is made plain. Righteousness clears the way. Uh, righteousness makes straight the, the road ahead. And, you know, that's why the Bible has a lot to say about how these things go together, Bert. Um, you, you look about, it talks about the, the wrathful man, verse 18, uh, but the one that is slow to anger uh, appeases strife or smooths things out, literally. See, um, control of your temper, self-restraint, peace inside, a joyful countenance, like you mentioned, all of these things work together. They, they overlap. And Bert, uh, the point, and I want you to comment if you would, um, yielding your life, uh, not only your actions, your, your thoughts, your emotions, yielding yourself to the Lord, the benefits are compounded, aren't they? They are. And, and Alex, again, uh, Solomon is laying this out with relationships, uh, the wise son, the foolish man, the father, the mother, the friend. Uh, the whole idea is is this is demonstrated, and it brings us to the counsel. Uh, you know, more you know, verse 22, without counsel, plans go awry, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. That's another verse that I, you know, was talk about, talking about chapter 15 of Proverbs, verse 1, chapter 15 here. Uh, about the multitude of counselors is is wise as well. The greatest counsel we get, honestly, is staying in the Word of God, confessing your sins, listening to the Word of God, the Holy Spirit guiding you, 
and then holding yourself accountable. This is counsel. And notice it starts with this in relationships, the father and the son, the, the son and the mother, the daughter, all of these relationships they're built on. And you build that relationship so counsel can be taken. Not only is it wise to take counsel, it's wise to live your life in such a manner that people who want to, that you're connected with, will take your counsel. And another friend of yours, Josh McDowell, talks about especially children. He said, rules without relationship leads to rebellion. But I found, true. I found also relationships without some boundaries will also lead to rebellion. You know, it takes yeah. both. It takes relationships and boundaries or rules. And so here uh, it is stated out about wise words and wise counsel. And Alex, uh, we need to live our life in such a way that people would I, let me say this correctly, and you help me and uh, say it better, that people would want to listen to your counsel, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and, uh, you know, oftentimes um, by saying less, you can say more. You know, maybe maybe people don't seek your counsel because uh, you talk too much. And listen, I, I'm constantly praying, asking the Lord, please help me to know when to be quiet, <laughs> And uh, maybe that's a lesson I've, I've yet to learn. But uh, three times in Proverbs 15, we read about things that are an abomination to the Lord. Uh, that, that might be a good Bible trivia question. What three things in Proverbs 15 are an abomination to the Lord? Well, verse 8 says, the sacrifice of the wicked. Verse 9, the way of the wicked. But do you know what? Even verse 26 says, the thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant words. You know, the Bible talks about the prayers of the saints are like an aroma to God. This is beautiful. Uh, God's ways are a blessing to us, but our ways can be pleasing to God. Uh, Proverbs has a lot of warnings. He that is greedy of gain troubles his own house, but he that hateth gifts shall live. Now, Bert, uh, I'm I'm thinking here gifts would maybe the implication is something like bribes. It is, or, and or can, doing something. Yeah. Yes, in chapter 15 that we're in, in verse 27, uh, in the New King James that I use most of the time, he who hates bribes will live. Uh, again, yeah. don't be somebody that can be bought off. Uh, have you ever heard the the statement? Everybody has their price. Well, I, I'm not sure everybody has a price. I, as, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. When we can come to a place in our lives uh, where we have turned it over to the Lord, where we desire that. Now, you can't let up and you can't do it in your own self, your own flesh, but you can come through. Alex, uh, if you read Fox's Book of Martyrs or some more books like that, and there's men and women who have paid the ultimate price at a stake with fire going around, being beheaded, uh, being mm. pulled apart mm. by elephants. They could not be bought off. And so this, you can't be bribed. No, there's no price that could get certain people. I want to be that person. I desire to be that kind of a man that would walk with the Lord and but every one of us, if we're wanting to do that, we've got to go to the Lord because it's in his strength and his power that we're going to be able to say, I stand with Christ. 
I can stand nowhere else. I love 28. The heart of the righteous studies to answer or considers, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he that heareth the prayer of the righteous. In other words, God is close to the one who and he hears the prayers of the righteous. Bert, uh, verse 28, uh, the Bible says we should be slow to speak, doesn't it? And swift to hear. The, the heart of the righteous studies, in other words, thinks about what they're going to say. And, and it brings you to verse uh, 29. Far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. Uh, what a statement. He hears, you remember that scripture? The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. So, Alex, uh, notice, and, and I think you've got to go back to verse 3 of chapter 15 of Proverbs that we're in. The eyes of the Lord in every place keeping watch on the evil and the good. Now, mm-hmm. look at verse 29 and hear that. And after you read that, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. The yeah. Lord is looking and he knows our heart. Uh, I think you've got to go back to what uh, Samuel uh, said to Jesse when he went to Bethlehem to pick out the king that would follow King Saul. And uh, Jesse got his sons that were tall, dark, and handsome out there. And uh, Samuel said, these are not them. Do you not have another? And uh, how would you like to be David in the field and your dad forgot to bring you in? It, to, yeah, the dad <laughs> goes, no, nope, this is it. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, well, I remember. I got another one. And when he I got came, one more son, one but more. you don't want him. Yeah, but when he came in, his heart leaped. And, and so, it, and and Jesse couldn't understand it. And Samuel said, God doesn't look on the outward appearance. He looks on the heart. And and that's what he's doing. His eyes are going to and fro, looking to and fro through the earth to see the evil and the good. He looks past the facade, the mask that we might wear. Jesus knew Judas's chariot was was evil. He knew he had a demon from the very beginning, the Bible says, not the other 11 apostles that he spent those years with, uh, when Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me, not a one of them said, hey, I know who it is. It's Judas. I've been waiting on him to show himself. No, he had it all covered up. But what does God do? He looks past that, and he sees the real you. Now, Alex, if you have been cleansed on the inside and you've been right, made right on the inside, it works its way out, though, doesn't it? Well, it really does. It really does. There's so much we could say here. We could do an entire show on the last several verses, but I'm going to read these um, concluding words of Proverbs 15. The light of the eyes rejoiceth the heart, and a good report makes the bones fat or healthy. The ear that hears reproof of life abides among the wise. He that refuseth instruction despises his own soul, but he that hears reproof gets understanding. Now, verse 33 is very much like Proverbs 1-7. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Now, before a prize, there comes a price. Uh, Before, you know, sometimes they say no pain, no gain. If you want to succeed, there's got to be work, investment, sacrifice, self-control. If you want honor, uh, and Bert, I've I've been blessed to know some very accomplished people. The interesting thing, uh, 
a lot of the people that have accomplished the most, the last thing on their mind was notoriety for themselves. You know, um, I believe it was Thomas Edison said, um, fame comes when you're thinking about something else. Uh, so, you know what? I, I really believe you, you don't go after honor. You humbly follow the Lord and do what he puts in front of you. Um, humble yourself before the Lord. He will exalt you in due time. Um, it's, it's very unseemly to want to make a name for yourself. But the fear of the Lord is wise. And then if you're humble and serve the Lord, he'll bless you. You know, he'll give you, if, if you're due some, uh, uh, an attaboy, God will send it to you. But just stay humble before God and stay obedient for your assignment. You can't help but think of Jesus in Philippians chapter 2, who humbled himself and became obedient even to the cross. Jesus uh, humbled himself before. Who do we think we are that we should not? Pride exalts Amen. you. A haughty spirit is horrible, but a true spirit. Now, humility is is not thinking lowly of yourself. It's just saying thinking more of God. And someone said not thinking of yourself first, but thinking of God first. Putting yourself in that place before honor is humility. So, you know, the Bible talks about a rich man, hard for them to get into heaven. It's because yeah. it's hard for them to humble themselves. I know some have. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they don't. But the Bible makes it plain that humility comes before honor. I would say it also comes before salvation. You've got to humble yourself, admit mm. that you're a sinner, know that Christ died for you, that you could not do it on your own. It's only in Christ. Hey, Alex, you want to take phone calls this next segment? The number is 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. It's Monday. We'd love for you to be the very first caller on today's edition of Exploring the Word. Stay tuned. We're back after this. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. The wear and tear of everyday life can really take a toll on your marriage. On the next Focus on the Family, Dr. Randy Schrader offers simple tips for a marriage tune-up, practical steps for a closer relationship with your spouse, from appreciation to communication, next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Focus on the Family is heard each weekday morning at 5 o'clock Central on American Family Radio. So Aaron took it as Moses said and ran into the midst of the assembly. And behold, the plague had already begun among the people. And he put on the incense and made atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living. And the plague was stopped. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Often when the concept of intercession is raised, we normally think about prayer. And we should. Prayer is one form of intercession. Here we see another, living intercession. At the climax of a plague, Aaron runs into the fray, armed with incense, and where he stands, the plague stops. Aaron literally stands between the living and the dead. 
May God move us to be living intercessors for our day, and where we take our stand in Christ, the plague stops. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with a minute in God's Word to help you keep moving forward. Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 25, For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. In India, they have a unique bicycle race where the last one to the finish line wins. Now that sounds very strange, I know, but if you don't play by that rule, you'll never win. The world says that winners are the ones who have it all together. People who experience the best that life in this world has to offer. But Jesus' rules are backward. He says things like, don't lay up treasures on earth. He says that you're blessed when men revile you. He says that to find your life, you have to lose it. Those who win at life are the ones who follow Jesus. And his reward is joy, peace, and everlasting life. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 830 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. We believe in the Holy Spirit and He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection. And He's coming back. He's coming Oh, he is coming back again. Jesus is coming back, and we may be very near that return. We want you to be ready. Turn to Christ. Hey, the number is 888-589-8840. Exploring the Word, we're going to get right to calls. I do want to remind everybody about the Cove. July 8th through 10, I'll be teaching the book of First Peter. You can fellowship with people from just all over everywhere, and I want you to be at the Cove because, Bert, you know, I think these are times of... Uh, Great gospel opportunity, I really do, but I think these are also times of spiritual warfare, and we need to be equipped, and uh, together at the Cove, we're going to get equipped to stand strong for the gospel. So uh, go to thecove.org, and I would love to see you there this summer, July 8 through 10. And you're going to be teaching First Peter, and I just want to tell you, First Peter is a, all the Bible's a book for our day. But First Peter, right now, with where we are in the world today, speaks loudly. It's like a oh, megaphone. And uh, so uh, Alex will be teaching that. Matter of fact, where I'm interim pastor at First Baptist Church, Baldwin, Mississippi, just north of Tupelo, our headquarters here, on Wednesday nights, I do Bible study and, and teach through that. And I'm starting the book of First Peter this Wednesday night, Alex. I think it's that oh, important. Wonderful. Yeah, I think it's that important, so I know it's good. So uh, how? Amen. tell us again how they can register. Go to... Yeah, thecove.org, T-H-E-C-O-V-E, thecove.org. Uh, it's uh, near Asheville. It's super easy to get to, right on Interstate 40. And uh, if you've never been to the Cove, I mean, it's fantastic. The Billy Graham Conference Center, July 8 through 10. And there's always lots of AFR Listeners, there. I mean, it really is like a three-day revival meeting, and uh, you won't be disappointed. Just go to thecove.org, and you'll, you'll find that. You can put my name in the space bar, and, 
and you'll find that and many, many other great seminars that Will Graham and his team at the Billy Graham Ministry, they put, put all that together. Okay, well, we've got people online, so we're going to the phone lines, answer as many as we can, and we go to Texas and talk to Joel. Joel, welcome. Oh, thank you very much for taking my call. Uh, my wife and I are in the process of um, changing churches. Uh, our kids are getting to an age that we like to get to more fellowship, and uh, we have a situation. We, it's kind of, uh, it's obviously really important to us to make sure that if we change to a, another church, that's going to be a place that is willing to uh, stand on God's word, no matter what the culture pressures are or the trends are. And so we went to Sunday school and there was um, one of the Sunday school teachers, uh, it turns out, co-leads an adult uh, Sunday school uh, with his wife. And uh, one day he actually turned it over completely to his wife. And then since then, we've noticed that there's a couple other classes that are led um, by women and their adult Sunday school classes. And then uh, we were just struggling with that because um, the Apostle Paul, of course, says in First Timothy 2 that I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. And while the, the role of pastor seems clear at this church, that I don't think that they would allow that to be held by a, a woman. Um, the one about teaching adult Sunday school seems like it would still come into what Paul was saying, even though that's not necessarily a pastor also. Um, we were just wondering what kind of guidance you might provide or advice on uh, sort of processing that. Let me, Joel, just let me share with you. I, I This is Bert Harper's thoughts from the Word of God. Uh, a, a couple that was in the New Testament that seemed like possibly the female may have had greater ability in teaching was Priscilla and Aquila. And, uh, you know, that means they taught together, they worked together, and I, there's no place where it seemed like she was usurping authority anywhere, but she was a great teacher. The program that comes on before us with Nikki and Will Addison, Nikki is just a fantastic teacher. And Alex, you have Mickey uh, coming and leading and speaking, and in our camp. Yeah, yeah. I I don't necessarily consider that usurping authority over a man when it's coming under the authority, of, especially when it's a couple. Alex, would you have anything to add to that or different? You might differ yeah, from um, me on that. And, and brother, I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I hear I hear your concerns because there is a philosophy called egalitarianism. That, that tries to erase all distinctions between male and female. And um, we could do a whole week of shows on how unbiblical uh, egalitarianism is. But I've been in churches where women did teach, and I don't think that violates the First Timothy 2.12, because the word, um, you know, Paul said that a woman, in the, in the context of the leadership of the church, the women should not usurp authority over the men. And the wording there, uh, it's a variation of the word authoritarian, and it means a woman to use authority over a man. So here, here's my point. Um, if the woman has teaching gifts, and the woman is orthodox, and the woman is asked to do it and is willing to do it, I don't think she has, quote, used authority over the man or um, 
you know, usurped authority. In other words, imagine if the, the, the women of the church said, look, you let us preach or we'll destroy this place. Now that that's an ultimatum that you don't coalesce to or acquiesce to. But um, my point is, and, and again, the senior we're not talking about the senior pastorate role, but I, I think about uh, Kay Arthur, who we've used in many, many, many of our seminars, and I invited her to teach, and she came and she taught, and uh, others. So ask some questions. Make sure that they're not a woke church that is, you know, falling over with the LGBTQ trans movements, but I, I don't necessarily think a woman teaching adult Sunday school violates First Timothy 2.12. Thank you, Joel. We hope we help, brother. We'll be praying for you. Let's go to Texas and talk to Pamela. Pamela, welcome. Uh, good afternoon. I didn't have a Bible question. I just um, I just got a very heavy heart this afternoon. I'm just asking for, for my uh, one of my sons. We haven't heard from him seen him since uh, November, so we're asking prayer for Daniel mm. that if he's somewhere, can he please call? We don't went on Facebook, and none of his friends have seen him, so we just need prayer for him. What's his name, Pamela? His mm. name, Daniel. I thought that was Alex. I, mm. November, uh, that's, uh, I'm man, so sorry. I hear it. Alex, I think we need to ask our people to join us in prayer that yes. Daniel would be found that he would communicate with his family. Would you lead us in that prayer, brother? Yes, folks, let's agree together in prayer. And uh, sister, I feel very privileged that you would share this with us. Father God, in the name of Jesus, you are the Savior who goes after the, the one. You left the 90 and 9 to go get that one lost sheep. Lord, we don't know where Daniel is right now, but you do. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking that very soon, very soon they would hear from him and learn of his whereabouts. Father God, I pray that he's okay. Um, just uh, by a miracle of your care, I pray nothing's wrong and that they'll figure out what this is. But please, let, let this get resolved. Bring this person home. Comfort this dear mother. Holy Spirit of God, lift her heart. It's heavy. Lift her spirits. Bring Daniel home. And Father God, we ask in your name, and we ask for a good outcome, and we agree together, and we pray this today for your glory and for this young man's welfare. In Christ's name we ask it, Lord. Amen. Pamela, if you would, I pray you'd keep us posted. Uh, uh, you can email us at word at AFR.net and let us know. We're going to be praying. Thank you for trusting us for praying. And let's, everybody, keep keep this in prayer, yes, please. do, do. Let's go to Arkansas and talk to Mark. Mark, welcome. Uh, hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Um, was uh, wanting some advice, practical advice for uh, you know. I am a believer, just you know, for fighting laziness. I feel like it's almost in my DNA, and I fight it daily. But just uh, maybe some extra advice from you guys on that. Listen, I I just want to tell you, schedules are awesome. Uh, deadlines <clears throat> are important. Uh, you know, I think Proverbs, I, I would read Proverbs, get, get it right on the inside, Mark, and, and I think that's true, but a schedule, uh, deadlines, if you don't have any at your work, <clears throat> make your own deadlines that you've got to accomplish this by certain times, and it will help you. Alex, what would you say yeah. to Mark? Well, God bless you, and you know, whether it's feeling kind of uh, 
slothful and lazy or feeling like a procrastinator. You know, Bert, I don't want to take this out of context, but Romans 8, 11 says the Spirit of God will quicken your mortal body, you know? And you're doing the right thing. Pray about it. And then it it does take a while to establish a habit. It takes a while to change a habit. And uh, there's a lot we could say. Read Philippians 4, 8. But those thoughts of just, you know, I'm going to sit, I'm going to watch TV, I'm going to chill out, I'm just going to... No, replace that with being industrious and, and ask God to help you be a steward of your time. And uh, you, God, God can put you in gear, brother, and, and we'll pray for him to do that. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, man. What, what a joy it is for us to be able to communicate and talk with people. Let's go to Tennessee and talk to Rita. Rita, welcome. Hi. Hi. I hope you guys are having a, a great day. Uh, I have a question, and um, I really something I, I don't understand. Uh, when we when we pray, when do you use the phrase uh, "we" on the blood of Jesus? Now, is that like uh, protection over me for something, or can I use that for uh, maybe protecting somebody else? Or I just kind of wanted to know uh, how does that fit in when you you know use that phrase whenever you pray, Alex. Uh... Isn't there a place, help me out, in Revelation, uh, you know, about praying? and uh, But um, it's not necessarily a phrase, but it is. Uh, you go ahead, Alex, and I'll look that up, see what I can find. Yeah, yeah look that up. Um, well, Revelation twelve eleven says they conquered by the blood of the Lamb that was and it, by the anyway. word of their testimony. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think about uh, back in Exodus twelve thirteen, where it says, I, when I see the blood, I will pass over. Some Christians, when they pray, they'll say, you know, Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over this person. And I really do think that it is kind of uh, a little bit of uh, uh, an allusion from that Revelation 12, verse 11 passage. And I I, I know the assumption is that it's going to be stronger, there's more power, because the, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And I don't think there's a thing in the world wrong with that because what we're saying when you say you know i plead the blood of jesus over this situation what we're saying is we acknowledge the power of the one who conquered death on our behalf it was by the blood of jesus that we're washed clean it was jesus rose from the grave and so um i get it i, I think it's a cry of desperation from the heart that is calling out for the power of the lord in their situation i agree and it's like praying, and I use this example as something you you praying for your children on an ongoing basis. You pray for their protection. You pray, but I'm thinking about Pamela, whose son is missing. You cry mm. out, and you know there's the difference in praying and then crying out to the Lord. And some things are there, and you're just crying out to the Lord and say, Lord, because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, I've been forgiven. My sins have been washed, and, and I'm asking you in, in the authority of Jesus to do something. Uh, uh, yes, visualize that and cry out unto the Lord. Thank you so much, Rita. Let's go to Arkansas and talk to Marilyn. Marilyn, welcome. Um, I have a question. Um, part of it will be familiar to you. Um, Genesis 6, 1 through 4, uh, is talking about sons of uh, God coming into the children of men. And um, so, and that's the Nephilim. 
Then in Genesis 7, 19 through 21, we're told that all the people are wiped off the earth and that water is 20 feet above the tallest mountains. Okay, so they're wiped out. So then when the spies are going into the land uh, and spying out and then reporting in um, Numbers 13, in 28, the last part, that it says, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Now, I'm reading out of the Holman Christian Standard Bible. And then in right. uh, uh, Numbers 13:33, it says, we even saw the Nephilim there, the offspring of Anak, who were descended from the Nephilim. Okay, and Marilyn, I'm, I'm cutting you off, not because you're not, you've made your point, it's good. Alex, don't have a lot of time. Would you go ahead, don't have time for both of us. Well, um, you know, from Shem, Ham, and Japheth, from the sons of Noah, uh, the earth was repopulated. And it's been estimated that from the flood of Noah to the time of Moses and, you know, Joshua, Caleb, the 12 spies, would have been at least 1,600 years. So there would have been ample time for, you know, repopulation. Um, I think what you're saying is a great example of why the Genesis 6, the Nephilim, the sons of God, uh, these were human beings. These were not aliens or angels or demons procreating with humans. Because look, um, the the bloodline of the Genesis 6, um, the carnal men from the line of Seth, that bloodline still persisted uh, up to the time of the Exodus and even beyond. So, so actually, what you're saying is a pretty good argument for the Genesis 6 Nephilim have been humans, not supernatural beings. I, 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 I think that's a good argument, and I think it does stand. I really do. Uh, we've talked about this. This is one of the common questions we get, Marilyn, and uh, there are people that agree that they are the giants, but I, I, I think that... The, it's in our book, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. That's one of them. Hey, you can go to afrstore.net and get that book, 100 Questions and Bible Answers. Alex, we'll be in Chapter 16 of Proverbs tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that as well. Exactly. Folks, we hope you'll be with us tomorrow. Stay tuned to all the good programming on the American Family Radio Network. Tell somebody about it, but most of all, tell somebody about Jesus. Jesus.